here. Welcome back to the next episode of the Mass Business Podcast. I am your guest host, Matt Ward. I'm the high five guy. That's right. In October 2021, I wrote a book called The High Five Effect, How to Do Business with People Who Bring You Joy. I hope that you pick up a copy of that. You can do so at highfiveeffect.com. You can also pick it up on Amazon. We'll have all the links in the show notes, uh, both on the description on YouTube and in the show notes on the website and on social media. So thanks for joining us. I got a great guest for you today. Our guest is Paul Fallowitz. He's with Sacentrix Business Advisors and Bill Ricca. They help business owners save five to seven hours per month by taking accounting the accounting function off their to-do list. They monitor your business finances so that you have the time to focus on selling your products and services. Now, here's the thing I know about Paul. He is a huge sports fan, specifically hockey, but many other sports fans as well, including golf. He participated in the big event. And what you might not know is that he shot a hole in one at that event in August of 2021. It was the talk of the town. And all he got was a silly little t-shirt. We'll talk about that on this episode of the podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Mass Business Podcast, where small business owners, also known as risk takers, share their stories about the growth of their business and themselves. Our interviews and our content is focused on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. I say it all the time, and I'll say it again today, you never know where your next referral will come from. Welcome to the show, Paul. Thanks for coming. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. Well, this is the first time I've had somebody on the show who I know who I know specifically has hit a hole in one. So congratulations on that. I think it's the fourth best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. So it's uh, it's right up there. Oh, you've ranked it now. I've ranked it's the it, yep. fourth best thing. Yep. Wife, kids, you know, all those things first and then the hole in one. So, I mean, yeah, that was first, <laughs> first and probably only one in my life. And it happened at at. What one would say was a golf tournament, but really was a networking event, right? Uh, you showed up to this networking event, <laughs> and on a par three, you had a hole in one. Uh, I ran the networking event, and there was no car. <laughs> there, was no, there was no million dollar prize or whatever that this sometimes happens at these events because it wasn't, we didn't want to attract golfers, right? We wanted to attract networkers who like to golf versus golfers who like to network, right? Yeah, I believe um, in the background, you can see my blue T-shirt that you sent me as the thank you for winning it. So there you go. Um, it would be nice to have a Lamborghini or a nice car, but hey, a T-shirt, you know, it's second best that I can think of right now. <laughs> there you go. So in under 30 seconds or so, why don't you just tell the listening audience and those watching on YouTube what it is you do as Eccentrics? My goal is to help business owners understand their financial statements, understand their profitability, understand their cash flow so that they have money to stay in business. Um, you know, they're busy doing a million things, but finances are always the last thing they focus on. So that's where I step in and make sure that they stay in business and have as much money as they as they want. Mm -hmm. So I have always felt that outsourcing, I mean, look, that, that's primarily what your service does, right? It, you're an outsourced arm of other companies, meaning that when they don't want to do bookkeeping, they don't want to do this financial management work uh 
they outsource it to someone. Sometimes they'll hire someone, but sometimes they use a third-party service like yourself. I've always felt like outsourcing is a big component of growing a business. Are you finding that the people that choose to outsource this type of service, whether it's to you or anybody else, have more growth and more growth potential in their business? I think if somebody makes a decision to outsource something that they don't have a great understanding of, they're trying to grow their business and they're trying to get better. They're admitting that they don't have the knowledge that it takes to be able to get to that next level. So, you know, they're going to a, a someone that has more knowledge than they do, and it's hopefully putting them in a better position. And that's what my goal is with my clients. I want them to be in a better position. I want them to grow. I want them to understand more of what's going on within their business, of where their revenue sources are, where their cash is coming from, what they're spending the money on, um, so they can focus on selling their product. I mean, again, sales drives a lot of what happens with these businesses. But, um, you know, when you outsource to someone that has a specialty in a certain area, you're admitting that you you don't have that knowledge and you want to get better. And that's what I want to see businesses succeed. We all want to see businesses succeed. We don't want to see anybody struggle. We don't want to see anybody putting up the uh, for sale sign in their front window. We want them to succeed. And that's where that outsourcing, I think, comes into play for a lot of small businesses. Yeah. And I think so uh, are you outsourcing a lot in your own business? I mean, uh, different tasks, you know, website services and other types of things. Are you outsourcing a lot? I outsource a, a couple of things uh, because I'm uh, part of a franchise. A lot of the you know website and um, some of the social media content kind of goes through them. So I don't have to, you know, it's, I guess it's technically outsourcing because I'm not doing it myself and I'm paying them a fee to do it. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the, the broad scheme of the term outsourcing, I am doing that. So. Um, you know, but I think it's important to find the right people to help you. I mean, you know, you don't know everything you're, you, you know, you usually have one specialty and that's what you focus on. So, um, for me to find those things is, is finding someone that can help me and get me to a better position. And, you know, for a small fee or whatever, I'm going to pay them, you know, you look at that return on investment and you make sure that it's worthwhile. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about your business. When did you get started in this business? I got started back in the middle of 2018. Um, I was in the corporate world for over 20 years, got laid off early in 2018 and um, just had trouble finding a job at that point. Um, yeah. I was trying to, you know, you get very particular in what you want, certain culture, size, company, you know, salary, all the different things that you uh, run into looking for a business and just couldn't find what I was looking for at that point. And I saw a video on LinkedIn about the franchise and said, hey, that's something I know I can do. So you know, went on a tour, uh, had conversations with some other business owners that had franchises. And, um, you know, a couple months after that, you know, I'm in training. And then all of a sudden, I'm, you know, early July, you know, a business owner and, you know, have to try to make this work. And, um, you know, it took a lot of sweat, took a lot of um, sleepless nights. There was a lot of issues early on, like anything else when you start mm -hmm. a business. But, um, you know, almost four years later, um, I have absolutely no complaints. And, I feel like I'm I, I, where I want to be, and I feel like I've only touched the surface of re really where I want to go. So four years, 50% of that time has pretty much been in throughout COVID, right? Uh, what was the impact on COVID to your business? Um, I, I, I'm going to thank COVID for my business. Um, I, my business doubled during COVID. Um, the main reason was all the PPP loans. A lot of businesses oh. had to give financial statements to the banks in order to get those loans. All of my clients were able to get in day one because they had financial statements. And then through word of mouth, through you know people that I know, all of a sudden more clients started coming because they heard. So as the second and third rounds came around, 
they knew that I was going to be able to get the information to the banks and to the lending sources so that they were able to get their loans so that they could stay open and they could continue paying their employees at that point. So um, as much as we, you know, uh, we're not big fans of pandemics um, from a business standpoint, for me, um, it was probably a good thing. I felt like I probably would have grown without the pandemic. However, I think the pandemic accelerated it just because of the needs of all these small businesses that were shut down and needed this money in order to uh, continue to operate when they weren't able to open their doors. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because um, while, while I do and, and am aware that there are businesses that have not made it through the pandemic, I have found that there are more businesses that have made it through the pandemic that I know of and done better than those that have not made it through. Are you seeing something similar? I'm seeing, um, for me, it's either a business succeeds or they don't succeed. Um, and the main reason why they don't su succeed is that they're not adapting to what's going on today. They're trying to do it the same way they did it 10 years ago. And I've worked for a lot of businesses like that over the years. And the owners want to keep it, you know, to that small little company that they had when they started. But, you know, today in 2021, 20, 22, um, you know, things change at this point. So you need to be able to adapt to what's going on today. And I think that's where a lot of business owners struggle. And unfortunately, those are the ones that are, you know, unfortunately forced to close their ship and, you know, not able to continue their business at that point. So in order to be successful, you have to be able to adapt to what's going on today. And the business owners who adapted to found the new ways to do things in the middle of a pandemic had a lot of success. The ones who continued doing it the same way and relied on their old habits, unfortunately struggled. And, you know, some of them had to shut their doors and weren't able to continue. Yeah. What do you think the biggest thing you've done in these first four years to grow your business? What do you think the most successful thing you've done has been? Um, looking back, and I, I pay attention to where my revenue sources come from, and I, I tell people to do this all the time. 80% um, of my business has come from networking. Mm. So all various groups that I'm a part of, all various people that I've met, um, you know, a binder of 1,500 business cards over the past couple of years um, has all led to my business growing. And it's just being, um, as I call it, you know, reliable and have strong business understanding of what's going on. That's what's kind of, I feel like has set me apart from other people who do exactly the same thing. I mean, there's thousands of accountants that do the exact same thing I do. I kind of take it from a little bit of a different level, but ultimately it's, you know, debits and credits and accounting class. There's really no difference that comes into that of what I do, but I look for different ways, but the networking um, which I was, you know, to be perfectly honest, I was 100% against when I started the business. I didn't think it was going to work. I didn't think it was something I wasn't really, a, I, you know, I liked people. I could have conversations, but I didn't think that people would be calling me like they do now pretty much weekly to give me a referral or two to talk to one of their clients or talk to someone that's there. Um, you know, it's kind of changed the way that I do. And now I, I make sure every single week I carve out a certain amount of time in order to do networking, to get to events to talk to people, to, to, you know, catch up with them, send them a card, send them an email, you know, text, whatever the case may be to stay in touch with them um, because it's helping my business. And without it, um, you know, I might be one of the the few that didn't have a business and, you know, back in the corporate world and, you know, working a job where you're not having fun. But you're busy, right? I mean, you, you got plenty of clients. So why are you making sure to carve out time to network each week if you're busy? You never know where I had a client. Honestly, I had a client that fired me in September. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't a surprise. I figured he was going to, he was struggling. He was probably going to, you know, have some challenges financially by the end of the year. We were probably going to, you know, part ways at that point. But I have room for growth. Um, you're always looking for the next opportunity. 
Um, in the small business world, I'm going after 20 or less employees is kind of my little niche that I'm going after. Um, especially with this gig economy that's going on right now, there's so many people that are starting their own businesses and there's so much opportunity that again, to outsource, I, you know, carve out a certain amount of time for each client every month. I'm not filling up the entire month that I'm wall to wall for 12 hours a day. So there's always room for growth. There's always things to find. And there's also new things to do. I mean, I find clients who, you know, recording studios, they're singers, um, you know, their auto body repairs, whatever their business may be. Um, it's interesting. And that's, I like the business side of it more than the accounting side and understand what their struggle is and then make sure that they're growing to whatever size they want to get to. Yeah. I mean, this is the, this is the old adage around, um, the challenge with, with marketing and sales, right? Is that when we're really busy, we're working the business, we're doing the marketing, we're not doing the networking. And then six months from now, we wonder, oh, what happened to all my business? You know, where's the new clients coming from? Because the thing, the work I, what I tell people is the work you do now pays off in six months. I mean, that's, you know? it's 100% true. I mean, you know, you, I have, I tell clients all the time, I, you know, I go and I talk to people and I don't sell. I mean, I'm not a salesperson. I'm an accountant by trade. So, um, you know, I'm a little bit of an introvert and, you know, I'm not that salesperson that's going to work a room and, you know, hand out 20 business cards. But I know the people that I talk to, you know, they might not walk away with a, a strong feeling at that point, but then something happens a month or two later and they remember a conversation with me and they come back and say, Hey, you know, I remember you said that you helped somebody else with that exact same problem. I'm having that problem. How can you help me? So mm. I think it's one of these things where it's not a today thing. I, I'm not selling a product that you're going to walk away with. I'm not a, you know, a retail shop where you walk in, get a, you know, a, a, a piece of paper and then walk out with something, you know, tangible at that point. Um, you know, it's something that's down the road. And I feel like you always need to be marketing. You always need to be showing where your, you know, your strengths and weaknesses are and, and how I can help people. So, and I'm, you know, as a business owner now, one of the, you know, the, the sleepless nights that I have every once in a while is that every single client fires me. So what happens at that point? I just hired my wife this year, you know, we're, we're, we're having a growing business and now, you know, hundred percent of our, our income is now coming through this business. So if everybody were to walk away, what do I do at that point? So I always feel like there's always room to continue that marketing, continue reaching out to people. And, you know, you don't, I, I used to spend 20 hours a week on it. Now it's probably down to four or five hours a week. So it's not taking up a lot of time, but it is now connecting with the right people versus before I was connecting with everybody. So what are you looking for when you connect with people? I'm looking for people who um, are, are kind of built out of my same mold. They're reliable. Uh, they know what they're doing. They're not going to BS somebody just to get a sale. Um, they're going to be truthful. Um, they're going to be reliable. There's, there's a lot of things that, you know, you kind of, you see the, you know, there's a lot of people that do the same thing and, you know, there's a, there's a person that does it the right way. There's a person that does it the wrong way. I'm always looking for the person that's doing it the right way. Um, hmm. you know, and when working a relationship so that when I need that product or service from one of my clients, I know that they're going to be the ones I reach out to as much as they want to reach out to me. So, um, you know, when it takes a couple of times talking to the people, it takes a couple of times getting an understanding of, you know, if you reach out to them at a six o'clock at night to say, Hey, I have a quick two minute question, whether they pick up their phone or not. Um, you know, that type of thing where you try to be available all the time, but you know, I don't expect someone to pick up a phone call at two o'clock in the morning because I'm up late working and doing something. I, you know, I, I understand that side of it, but you know, just to be able to get back to you within a reasonable amount of time and, you know, be able to help you and know that, you know, it might never work out to be something, but 
this time might actually work out to be something else down the road. Yeah, I mean, I think. Hmm. And are you when you do the networking? Are you looking for the referral sources or the clients? I'm looking for a combination of both. I mean, I yeah. feel like I can help anybody, um, but I'm looking for com- a combination of both. There's again, when all these networking events, there's business owners who are doing the outsourcing stuff, and then there's people that are truly just the referral sources trying to find somebody for their clients. So, um, you know, there's a combination of both that go in there, but um, I've kind of learned early on in the networking. It's again, getting to know the people, having that conversation, not selling. They ask what I do. I tell them what I do and I tell them stories of how I've helped people. And then they have to make the determination of whether they're going to like me or or trust me down the road. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a challenge, right? Because it's about it, it, and and I think when you came into networking, tell me a little bit about what you were thinking, what the turnaround time would be, and what the work involved would be. I honestly thought it was going to be a lot quicker. I thought people would be, you know, walking out and you know you'd be signing a contract the next day and everything would be going quickly. And then you kind of learned, and I, I learned it from a, a bunch of people, and you know they all the successful networking people always said the same thing: it's you know have a couple conversations with the people get to know them, go grab a cup of coffee, um, you know, know them over the long term. You know, it's, you know, we can all make our first impressions when we see people of what they're going to do, what they're going to bring to the table. But, um, you know, it was three or four different people that I, I connected with that kept saying the same thing. So I knew it was going to take some time and I knew it was going to take um, some effort. And, you know, unfortunately, when you start a business and you have zero revenue, but you have a lot of costs going out the door, you kind of get a little bit nervous. But what it was excuse me, was it's, it started to pay off over time. And then all of a sudden it all paid off at the same time. So all that hard work and all those conversations with everybody, then all of a sudden your phone is ringing off the hook. You're getting emails at all hours of the night to say, please talk to this person, please help out my client here. And then before you know it, you know, you have a business that's growing and now it's, you know, you're taking a different tactic where, you know, first maybe six months of my business, 30 to 40 hours was networking. And now it's down to a smaller amount, which, you know, is still required, but it's not something that's going to be taking away from my revenue sources and generating money for my business at this point. How do you, how do you, how do you think of networking? Like, I mean, you mentioned a couple of things about it and why it's important to you and what you thought about it before versus now. Um, But how do you think of it every week? now as it relates to your business is it sort of like fuel for your business how do you how do you do you prioritize it yeah i mean i prioritize it i'm a part of a bunch of groups so obviously there's dedicated times that we have meetings so you got to make sure that um you know and i've 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 made sure that those times are always you know the hour or two for the meeting is dedicated towards that group nothing else is going on so that i can pay attention to it Um, And then you look for other fillers during downtime that you might have. You might have a Thursday afternoon free. So you reach out to someone to see if they want to grab coffee or get together and, you know, have a drink or something. Um, You know, you try to fill that time so that you're able to continue that relationship. You're able to continue that growth and you feel good about it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's there. There are times that are dedicated and there's other times where it might be spur of the moment because nothing else happens to be going on or you're trying to fill your calendar because it's kind of quiet or, um, you know, you just, you haven't had a chance to talk to somebody, but you know, they can only talk to you at four o'clock on a Friday. So, you know, that's the time that you pick in order to talk to them at that point. So you try to clear your schedule out so that that's free as well to, to have those conversations. So it becomes important just to make sure that you're carving out time 
to do this, you know, the amount of time you want to do is, is obviously up to everyone else. I've, I've kind of mastered it where it's about three or five hours a week and it's giving me enough business because I've already dedicated a lot more time to that. But, you know, I also have clients I, get, I have to take care of. I have other work to do. So I would love to spend 30 to 40 hours a week on it and really grow the business. But I don't have, you know, yeah. you have to do other stuff. So you got to kind of balance your time. And I don't want to be working, you know, eight to eight every single day for seven days a week. What I appreciate that you said, Paul, was that you you carved the time out, meaning you, you, you know, you put it scheduled in your calendar. I think a lot of people in networking aren't doing that. And therefore they're, they're not making these weekly groups consistently. They're, they're being absent. And then what I hear from people uh, on consulting calls is networks networking isn't working for them. I'm like, well, okay, well, your attendance isn't great. You know, you're not learning about other people in the group is everybody. It seems like comes to me, from a networking and referral perspective, wanting more referrals. But yet when I ask them about giving referrals or showing up or doing one-to-ones or doing the work necessary, the, I get a lot of blank stares, right? But the process that you've actually just laid out, the fact that you just start with your calendar and that's where it all begins, right? And then you show up to those meetings and you do more. That's what really gets that snowball rolling. And I think a lot of people need to understand that they they got to start somewhere. And by getting into some group somewhere, somehow, it doesn't matter what organization it's with, consistently, showing up consistently, you're going to build those relationships that it takes. Well, I mean, it's like anything else. If you dedicate the time and you dedicate the resources to it, um, it should work. I mean, a lot of these things have proven there's enough networking groups out there that, you know, do a good job. But um, like anything else in the world, if you're going to only do it halfway, you're only going to get halfway results and you're going to complain about it. So, um, you know, I kind of, you know, early on in my life and, you know, the way that I was, you know, raised, it's, if you're going to do something, you got to do it to the fullest. If it doesn't work, then you move on to the next thing. But, um, if, but as long as you put that time and effort and dedication into it, you know, it should work at that point. And then if it doesn't work, then you have to sort of reassess there. And it's the same thing like a business. You know, everybody wants, I know that I can help everybody, you know, with their accounting, with their taxes, with whatever they need. However, I know there's people that aren't going to reach out to me for whatever reason. So I'm fine with that, but I know that there's enough opportunities out there. But if I were to just wait for everybody to come knock down my door, it's just never going to happen. So you kind of have to get out there. You're going to knock down some doors every once in a while. And the networking is the easiest way to develop some good relationships. I mean, I go you know, we have dinners or golfing or something Mm -hmm. with these people that are outside of the business side, because you're getting to know them, you know, their family, you know, their significant other, you start to meet their kids. And, you know, they, they start asking you personal questions, which you start becoming more of a friend than it is a referral source at that point. And it becomes a much better relationship for the long term. Yeah, absolutely. Now you mentioned the word resources, which makes me think one thing I always like to ask people about what software would you recommend to people uh, who are listening and growing a business, which would, could be a game-changing tool or software for for their business. You know, on the accounting side, there's a couple um, there's a couple uh, programs that you that you really need to have. You need to have QuickBooks. You need to have Zero. You need to have Wave. Um, you know, there's obviously different price points to all of those softwares. But in order to run a business, you need some sort of accounting software that's keeping track of your numbers. Um, and with the automation and with the cloud today, you can do it from anywhere. You don't have to be in front of a computer anymore. You can do it on your smartphone. You can do it, uh, you know, in the middle of a, of a hike in the woods and, and check to see where, you know, your bank statement, you know, your bank balance is, what your bank statement says. Uh, but you need to have it there because I've seen a lot of people that have it in their head. 
or, you know, have it on a, a back of a, a cocktail napkin. And it's just not good enough. You know, yeah. you know, some people are, are smart enough and you can remember a million things, but you know, if you have a hundred something transactions going through your bank every month, there's no way you're going to know every single one of them and making sure they're in the right, the right place and understand really where it's going. So um, some sort of accounting software, QuickBooks is the brand name. You know, they do commercials. You'll see them all the time on, um, you know, every single uh, a national network. And, um, you know, Zero is a company that's a little bit smaller than QuickBooks, but does the exact same thing. Um, Wave is good for really small business owners because there's no cost to it. Um, you know, you can, you know, pretty much pay nothing for it and, and get the same thing that a QuickBooks or a, a Zero is going to give you from a basic standpoint. Once you, you know, obviously like anything else, when you pay a little bit more, you get some more uh, bells and whistles with QuickBooks and Zero. But um, just th- having a, an accounting software is key to a lot of businesses. And I, I've worked with a lot of people that don't have one. Um, and they don't have an understanding of where their business is. So without that, you can't make good decisions to grow your business the way you want to get it to. Yeah. Speaking about growing a business, one of the questions I always like to ask is business books. What are your favorite business books you can recommend that other business owners read? Um, I have an app called SoundView, which does kind of like a Cliff Notes version of all the business books out there. So um, every single day, there's two or three of them that are popping up that are new. Um, I just kind of listen to whatever the challenge of the day happens to be that my client might say I'm having. So, you know, um, unfortunately, a lot of them are, are quick, like 20 minute listens. It's more of a, you know, the, the old Cliff Notes version of a, yeah. of a book, which we all did in high school to get out of reading a <laughs> 500 page book, but we still needed to write a book report. So, um, you know, but um, you know, you read a book, there's a lot of different things in there. And, you know, there's, you know, you just want to find the, the good information. And if it's something that's not, you know, predicated to you, you're not spending $30, $40 on a book and throwing it away. Um, this service is 100 to $200 a year, and you get access to every single business book out there that they have on audio. So, mm-hmm. um, and I listen to it for walks. I listen to it, you know, if you're in the shower or something, and you just get a quick little dose of something and, you know, it kind of learns things. Um, the big book that everyone talks about, which, um, you know, a lot of people ask me about is a profit first, yeah. um, you know, to be able to, to look at that, which um, I agree with. I don't, some of the things you can't pull off on a small business, you know, he, he tells you to have five different bank accounts. Um, a lot of businesses have trouble with one bank account, but yeah, that, but you know, I, have, I have 16. There are some things that you can take out of it to understand where you don't have to get all those bank accounts at that point, but just kind of yeah. the understanding of what he's saying is putting your profit away, having one for taxes so that there's no surprises when you need the money. It's all there. You pay your bills. You're never behind. And I'll um, tell you what, Paul, um, when I, uh, you know, I fixed my financial house, got my financial house in order. When I took Mike's McCallowitz's profit first and mixed it with Dave Ramsey's total money makeover. And I took the pieces out of each one of them that I was comfortable with and that worked for me. And then I created a system, my own system, which is sort of merging the two together. And that is why I do have 16 bank accounts because the way my brain works is, is when Mike McAllister talks about why it doesn't work to do it in a spreadsheet, when a lot of people just want to do it in a spreadsheet and keep all the money in the same account. But when I look at my account, I look at one specific account and if the money's in that account, I'm like, Oh great. I can go buy a new side by side. You're right. Or a new car or something like that. And I can't, that's not how this works. <laughs> like, so I move the money out of there. So that I'm not seeing it because I know that's how my brain works. And, you know, his concept of, of taking the whole old school diet, which is eat off a smaller plate, you know, you, when, you, when you make your plate smaller you, and you still fill the plate, you will eat less food. 
based on that principle, Pareto's principle. And so he did that with the money side of it, which I think makes sense. What I have found after recommending Profit First to literally anybody I know um, is that is that it it's complex for people to implement right off the bat. They don't understand where to start. And so what I tell them to do is just, it's really simple. I want you to set up one single additional bank account and call it profit and take 1% and just put it in it. And that's it. Just start with that. And then that's how I did it. And so I did that for like six months. Then I started the tax account. Then I started, cause you start doing all these accounts and then moving money, it gets a little crazy um, and complicated. And, and it, but but implementing profit first, I read the book in 2016, implemented it in 2017, and sold my business for far more than I should have sold it for in 2018. And it was solely because of profit first. And so uh, I, I, I attribute a lot of that. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked. Mike actually endorsed my new book, uh, you know, uh, The High Five Effect. Um, and, and I got to know him because I was on his podcast talking about that journey of implementing profit first in my web design company. Um, I'm a big proponent of it. It's not for everybody, obviously, if they don't, you know, think differently. But one point you said was if you can get to a way to automate things, right, you automate your bills, you can, cause I always had the money to pay my bills. I just didn't have the time. So I started putting everything on recurring, right. And that for me helped me actually get the payment paid on time um and and it's just it's, it's it's a comforting feeling knowing that things are moving transfers are moving every week and uh i don't have to worry about it you know again you have to adapt it to what you're comfortable with yeah you know and it, there's good concepts in the book you know again it's not for for everyone to be able to do it exactly the way he wrote it in the book or exactly yeah. the way you did it but you adapt it to yourself of what you're comfortable with so that you're not spending all this time keeping track of everything. I mean, 16 bank accounts. I know you have a lot of money and you're, you're close to being a billionaire. So <laughs> you have to have it in all these different accounts because it'll only cover so much. Well, However, I have my Blue Origin account. That's the money yeah. for me to go to space. People right? who, you know, normal people who don't make as much as you do, you know, it's a little bit different. It's a little easier to, to keep track Dude, of. Dude, it's you're so funny you to. say that. 16 bank accounts. I think one of them has $5 in it, right? So the funny thing is, you know, like I have a travel account or I have an ATV account. So I put stuff in the ATV account because that's where I pull my money to go on ATV trips and pay my ATVs and stuff like that. Um, I, I, it's so interesting because like if I, if I'm going to do a big vacation trip that I think is going to cost 10 or 20 grand or something, and it's going to be say three, four years out, I'm just going to start an account now for that and just save it for it. And then I'll change the name of the account when that trip is over I can change the name of the descriptor in the bank. And so once I take the trip, I'll just change the name to something else. Um, and so it, but, but it took time to get there too, right? Like to your point, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. You, there's baby steps along the way. I did the yeah. same thing that you did the vacation account. We went to Italy with the family five uh, years ago. Um, we put a couple hundred dollars away for a couple of years. And before you know it, you're paying for the trip in cash you know, yeah. right at the spot. So there's nothing, you know, all we did was pay for meals when we were there, everything else from, you know, the airport to, um, you know, the rental car, everything was all paid for. So that we had no, and how good does that feel, Paul, that it feels so good. And that's a mix of like, so, you know, Mike's stuff is on the business side, but then Ramsey's stuff is on the personal side. It's like a mix of the two. It's you basically did an envelope, but you did it in an account, right? And yeah, Ramsey's it's, idea it's of the, the same cash concept. Envelope. It doesn't yeah. change. It's still, you know, have to, have, I tell people all the time, if you make a hundred dollars 
in your personal life, you can't spend $120. The same thing in business. It doesn't yeah. change. You can only spend what you have in that bank account or what you have there at that point. So, you know, we don't want people to go negative. You don't want people to go into bankruptcy and have all these problems, personal or business-wise, but you have to spend within your means. And that's a lot of people have trouble doing that. And as you said, and it's just one of these things where it just takes time for discipline. And once you see it work once, you're going to repeat it. And then before you know it, you never have another problem again. There you go. Yeah. And that's the key, right? Is having that, that win, having that see it work once statement. Once you have that happen, you start to say, oh, this works, right? And now it just keeps going. So listen, this is great stuff. I could talk about profit first. I mean, I, I don't like to talk about numbers, but I like to talk about success, right? And uh, that's what some of these things have helped me achieve. And, and that's why I'm so passionate about them for other people. Um, and, and like I said, I could do this all day, but uh, we want to be cognizant of the listener's time. Uh, we're hitting that point where it's time to, to wrap it up. But before we go, uh, if you could just share with people, you know, they want to get in touch with you. They want to network with you. They want to learn more about you. They think you may be a great referral source for them or vice versa. Um, you know, they want to talk about profit first, whatever it might be. How can they get in touch with you, Paul? Uh, three simple ways. You can get in touch with me on my website, which is Sycentrics.com slash Paul Fallowitz. Um, you can email me, paul.fallowitz at Sycentrics.com, or you can reach me on my phone, 978-987-3200. And uh, I'd love to connect with people and uh, help them out as best as I can. Awesome. And so for those of you watching on YouTube, we'll have those links in the description. Uh, whilst I'm on our webpage in the show notes. And uh, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, just check the show notes in the favorite podcast app that you got going on. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Paul. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you are listening on your favorite podcast app, go ahead and hit subscribe. We'd love to have you as a fan. Feel free to leave a five-star review for Paul. Not for me, because I know it'll probably be a one-star, but since we brought Paul on, it should be a five-star podcast review. And if you are watching on YouTube, and smash that subscribe button and hit the notification so you get notified of every episode we put up on the channel. Until next time, don't forget to live happy, Smile a lot and high five everyone around you. I'm waking up this morning, gonna grab myself a smile. Thank you for listening to the Mass Business Podcast, where we focus on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. Don't forget to like on your favorite platform and share out this podcast. This show has been produced by Heather Grant, music by Celtic Kelly, all rights reserved. I'm your host, professional speaker, author, and word of mouth referral consultant, Matt Ward. Don't forget to live happy, smile a lot, and high five everyone around you. Thank you.